We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia, whose sovereignty was never ceded. We acknowledge that Indigenous peoples around the world are at the forefront of climate change, both in experiencing its effects and leading solutions. We pay our sincerest respects to all Elders, past and present. This podcast series was recorded and produced on Wurundjeri Country. All around Australia and the world, everyday people are waking up to the urgent need for change and stepping up to take action on climate change. In this podcast series, you'll meet the wonderful people who volunteer their time to facilitate climate conversations with Climate for Change. We hear their stories and the stories of the people they've inspired to shift from a place of quiet concern to becoming active, resolute change makers. In this episode, you're meeting Amy Beth Searley, interviewed by me, Lydia Strofelt. My name is Amy Beth. I'm a Climate for Change facilitator, conversation facilitator, and I live in Newcastle, which is a Wobbegal land on the East Coast. So to get things really started, could you share with us what your personal narrative is, how you came to be interested in getting active in the climate space and particularly volunteering with Climate for Change? Yeah, sure. Um, So when I generally describe myself, I say I'm an orthotist, a paediatric orthotist. Um, I'm a yoga teacher. And I also consider myself a climate activist. But if you had have told me that three or four years ago, I would never have believed you. Um, I just never really identified with that term for quite a long time. But growing up, being in nature was definitely just somewhere I belonged and spent a lot of my time. Um, There was this playground where we used to live in Geelong that was right next to the Byron River. And I remember we'd go down there and my siblings would play in the playground and I used to break off the reeds and fish all the rubbish out of the river. And I just found that so satisfying being able to like clean up um, something that I didn't, you know, rubbish just didn't belong there. Um, So yeah, looking after nature and I think being in nature is just where I feel like the best version of myself. Um, And I think I just lived a pretty ordinary middle-class life and definitely through my teens and 20s was kind of in a bit of a bubble. Um, And I did the typical thing. I went to uni and I went overseas backpacking through Asia whilst I was in uni. Um, And I was really fortunate. I did a volunteer trip to Nepal and it was probably the first time where I realised what we were as humans were doing to the environment. We spent time in Kathmandu and this is, you know, back in 2010. Um, The air pollution was so bad that you had to wear a face mask all the time. And even at the end of the day, you would blow soot out of your nose. And that was in the capital city. And then you would go up to the foothills of the Himalayas and they were just these incredible pristine mountains. And we'd be hiking and you'd still see like chocolate wrappers dropped on the ground. Um, And it was just this stark contrast of what we had as humans sort of created. And so that definitely, I think, sparked in me a bit of concern and worry about climate change. Um, But I sort of continued in my bubble of like, yes, everyone thinks the same as I do and we all care about this and we're all going to do our bit. And 
um, that kind of continued until the 2019 federal election. And coming out of that, I my bubble was burst, I suppose, for, as it was for probably a lot of people. Um, I just felt really flawed and couldn't understand how we could let such a big opportunity pass us by to take strong climate action. And it really affected me emotionally. I became really anxious and worried and I was super angry. Like I was so mad at, I just felt like the rest of Australia didn't care. I just, I couldn't understand. And I knew that I couldn't sit with those feelings um, and emotions and that, you know, there had to be something more, I suppose. And so I went to a Activate weekend. It was a two-day training with the Australian Conservation Foundation, who I had been sort of um, just supporting in the background, donating to. And they kind of opened my eyes to what was happening and that it was, you know, strong climate action and a strong economy and a thriving future for everyone is just, it goes hand in hand. But people with really strong, powerful platforms were telling a different story. And if we wanted to get strong climate action, we needed to change the narrative. And it was people power that would do that. And so I was super motivated. I was like, yes, that's it. I'm gonna help change the story. Um, and I, where I was working, I did this huge overhaul and we started recycling at work and um, I was write, helping run letter writing workshops with the local ACF um, volunteer group and I went and met with our local senator and I started doing all of these things that I had never done before. Um, but I wasn't, still wasn't comfortable having conversations with the people around me, my best friends, my fiance, my families. And it wasn't until I went to a climate for change conversation where I saw how inclusive and non-judgmental and just uplifting that it was that I was like, oh, this is how I can do it. Um, and it honestly just felt like a weight off my shoulders to be able to have the conversation and talk so openly and help uplift each other and feel really motivated and engaged on a topic. Um, and yeah, I knew, I think I'd felt for a little while like I was making a lot of effort, but I couldn't see how I was making a difference. And as soon as I started volunteering with Climate for Change, that feeling really flipped. become a facilitator with Climate for Change. Could you tell me a little bit more about this and perhaps even share an example of a recent climate conversation you've facilitated yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so becoming a facilitator was pretty easy, I think. Um, you know, I did a little bit of online training and then a, 
a couple of sessions of live training um, with the Climate for Change team. And then they set me up with a mentor. Um, so I think the process is really just, they give you all the resources. Um, so they give you a script to guide you in having the conversation. Um, and there's monthly training to talk about how we're going and um, problem solve or unpack things that are happening in conversations and build on our skills as facilitators. How it kind of works is you reach out to your community or network and um, people start or offer volunteer to host um, and they invite their own network. And then, um, yeah, I found that a lot of my friends and family who I didn't think I would ever engage in this topic or this conversation and definitely wouldn't engage in this topic or conversation over like dinner or a coffee catch up were really willing to come to a conversation. I think because it's like a designated safe space where they kind of know that this is what I'm signing up for um, and this is like I can commit to this in this space. I'm not sure, but it's it's had a really great effect. I think one of my favourite or like I think probably proudest moments was um, my mum and dad came to my first conversation that I facilitated and the very next day mum sent me a message and she was like, I've just sent my first ever letter to our senator. Um, thank you so much for teaching me. And that, that was really cool. And then more recently at our um, federal election, she sent me a message and said, you know, it's the first time I've ever not voted for, um, you know, their preferred political party and she voted for the Greens. Um, and, yeah, to, to see people who I think normally just have, like, sort of set ideas and set habits and set ways um, learn and broaden their perspective and I don't think it's about pushing any sort of like it's definitely not a political preference or anything like that it's just about learning and understanding more well, I had a bit of an impromptu conversation with um there's a group called surfing the spectrum here in um that was founded in Newcastle and there was also um a member of vote climate um, we sort of got together and had a bit of an impromptu conversation. I think it's really awesome to see conversations happen in those spaces where um, you've got people that would probably otherwise never converse um, and people with all different sort of like life experiences and at different life stages. Um, but seeing them unite and care about something um, yeah, I just think it's, I mean, like at the end of the day, it's something that affects us all um, and it's something that I think we all care about on some level, um, whether we acknowledge that more regularly or not. Um, so I think the best part about facilitating is seeing people bond over that, like emotional, in that emotional way. Yeah, you know, it's not always the big actions that are going to happen. Like people aren't always going to write letters or change their political vote. It's um, everyone's like on their own path and they have their own time frame to reach that 
that point of engagement um but knowing that you've helped to create i think a deeper thought in people's patterns and habits is really great the question very well. Oh, Bruce, definitely that was, that was such a brilliant response thank you so much it sounds like yeah you've really succeeded in helping people I guess transcend some of these differences and divides and realize that as you said climate change is something that's going to impact all of us so you know mm. not going to come together now than when sort of thing and yeah um, yeah all becoming part of that conversation and and using it as that sort of like safe and inclusive space um so yeah like one of the biggest things one of the things I like to do at the beginning of each conversation um that Mike McAvoy from Climate for Change imparted a little bit of wisdom he imparted with us was to ask people why they don't want to be at the conversation the most common reason I get is that people think they don't know enough about climate change or the science or what's happening politically and so they don't feel like they should be like I don't know they they feel like they don't know enough about climate change so they don't feel like they deserve a seat at the table um and my response to that and there would be a million responses but my thoughts are or feelings are that it's affecting us all we don't like as long as we care if it's affecting us, we deserve a seat at the table. We don't have to be an expert. We don't have to know the facts. I certainly don't. Being a facilitator doesn't mean I need to know all the facts. But if you care enough to show up, then you deserve a seat at the table. Yeah, precisely, which I guess is why these climate conversations are so important to make it feel more inclusive and to mm. help everyone realise that, as you as you said, everyone deserves a seat at the table and we all have our like unique perspectives and voices that can be really enriching um, in the climate. Mm. So mm. what motivates you to keep going with these and continue hosting these climate conversations? I think it's like the feeling of the ripple effect every time I volunteer my time to have a conversation the ripples flow onto others and then from there they flow onto others and feeling like you were part of that ripple effect is a really amazing feeling.
it's easy to feel overwhelmed by climate change but talking to people and breaking it down and you know we're not expected to have all the answers and we're not expected to individually solve the problem but together we can make such a bigger difference so feeling connected to other people um, makes it feel so much more tolerable to live knowing like this is sort of the issue of our generation of our um like this is going to be the biggest issue or I suppose problem of, of my lifetime um and you have to be able to grapple with the emotions of that but feeling connected to other people and hopeful about change makes it a lot easier I'd really like to ask you then, what do you think the power of individual action is? I think individually, we all have a role to play. But when we think about change throughout history, it never comes like significant change on big sort of social, social and cultural issues has never come from the top down. It's always come from the bottom up. Um, when we think about sort of discrimination between races and um, gender discrimination and and societal um, sort of divide in those areas, it's come from the bottom up, the change. And climate change isn't going to be any different, unfortunately. And we can already see that happening. Like the federal election recently was a huge example of that. It was the people that have put all the teal independence and the biggest green representative into parliament. Um, so I think, you know, but that doesn't happen unless we all unite and sort of say collectively enough is enough. We need people to represent what we want and we need change to come and we need it to happen now. And we need strong, effective change. We live in a world where we're never going to commit ourselves 100% to something like activism or volunteering or something like that. And there are very few people that do. So if we have a finite amount of time and a finite amount of energy that we're going to dedicate to something, how can we make that time and energy, how can we utilise it in the most effective way? And so collectively joining our voices and energy and efforts together is the best way to do that. I think organisations like Climate for Change that can unify people and make our voices so much more, like so incredibly loud and give us a big platform to match those platforms that are sort of opposing climate action. Um, it gives us a, a, like, a chance to get our, our voice out there. Thank you so much, Amy Beth, for sharing your story today and for all the work you do to bring about a Climate for Change. Climate for Change is a volunteer-driven, not-for-profit organisation on a mission to create the social climate we need in Australia to bring about effective action on climate change. We know that social change happens when people talk to each other and share their stories, so we support everyday Australians to facilitate conversations within their existing social networks with people who know and trust each other. 
These climate conversations happen in lounge rooms, kitchens, and meeting rooms right across the country every single day. At each one, we ask two people to offer to host the next, and so we grow. To invite a C4C volunteer to facilitate a conversation with your friends and family, or to find out about becoming a facilitator yourself, visit climateforchange.org.au. You can also help us support the work of our volunteers with a monthly donation. Thanks for listening. The Climate for Change podcast is produced by volunteers and staff at Climate for Change. Original music has been done by Darius Kedros and the sound engineering is by Alex Edward. Views expressed by guests are personal and do not necessarily reflect the views of Climate for Change as an organisation.